وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد وعاشروهن بالمعروف صدق الله صدق الله العظيم الله سبحانه وتعالى has blessed us with the greatest ni'mat which is the ni'mat of Islam when we look at the deen of Islam we find that Islam is not only perfect and complete it is holistic and comprehensive Islam does not only teach us how to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through salah it does not only teach us about fasting and hajj and zakat rather Islam teaches us how to lead our lives in every facet of human living and one very important department in this regard is the department of Mu'asharat, of how we interact and conduct ourselves when dealing with different people. So you find that Islam teaches us how we should interact with our neighbors, how we should interact with our children, how, should we, how we should interact ourselves with business associates, how we should interact with society at large. And for the purpose of today's topic in specific, how we should conduct ourselves in our home with our wives. We find that many a time, a person has a very, very good reputation in society. He is held in high regard. He is respected by one and all because he has a good face with people in society. You ask people, how is so and so? They say, Alhamdulillah, he is a very good man. He is very polite. He is very respectful. He is dignified. Often a person is judged by his attendance in a masjid. You will say, no, he is a very pious man. Why do you say he is pious? No, Alhamdulillah, he is there for his five times daily salah. And Alhamdulillah, all these different aspects are very, very important. But we find the true gauge of a person's akhlaq, a person's character, is how he deals with his wife at home. We find in every other relationship, a person has got something to gain and he's got something to lose. A person will be good with his neighbor because if not, it will become tit for tat. He will be good with his business associates because if not, he'll lose out on business. He will be good with other people in the masjid because if today you block his car, tomorrow he'll block your car. But when it comes to a person's wife at home, then Rasulullah explained on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada that a person's wife is so as to say shackled to him like a slave. In other words, she is bound to him through nikah. Once she is married to him, she is stuck. Where can she go? She has no exit out of this nikah in most cases. Now if this husband, Allah Ta'ala says, if he's going to be harsh with her, if he's going to ill-treat her, if he's going to be cruel towards her, then where can she go? Who can she cry to? What can she do? That is why it is how a person treats his wife that is a true gauge of this man's akhlaq and his character. This has been mentioned by none other than Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, خيركم خيركم لأهله those of you who have the best character are those of you who treat their wives the best not those of you who are the most in salah those of you who are best with their business associates those of you who treat their customers the best everybody will treat the customer well because the better he treats his customer the more business he'll get but how does a person treat that poor wife at home who cannot say anything who cannot complain to anybody who has no other respite and nowhere to go and then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wa ana khirukum li ahli. And from the entire ummah, from everybody, it is I who treat my wives the best. Obviously, there is no person whose character can ever compare to the Mubarak character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
That is why when we want to see how to improve our lives, how to become better people, how to become better husbands to our wives, then we will look no further than the Mubarak Seerat of Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Now we must understand that a wife can be an immense support for a person in his life, a means of support, a means of peace and tranquility. And Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Majid, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا One of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through which the glory of Allah ta'ala can be recognized is that Allah ta'ala has made wives for us from ourselves and one of the primary purposes of marriage mentioned in this ayat is لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا A person's wife is a means of sukoon for him. A person goes home, he finds peace, he finds happiness, he feels tranquility. He derives tranquility from his wife. If a person is not finding this peace and tranquility, then we need to understand that in most cases, what you put in is what you get out. If a person is not conducting correctly at home, he is not giving that love, how is he going to be receiving that love? So one of the first things required is for a person to be a perceptive and attentive husband. Sometimes a person is so selfish, he's so self-absorbed, he thinks he's like the sun, and all the other planets are orbiting around him. He is the center of the universe. He only worries about how things must be according to my way. How I am feeling today. Everybody must be considered towards me. Everybody must show me kindness. Everybody must be polite towards me. He is not worried about how anybody else is feeling. So his feathers are very quick to be ruffled. But his own wife in the home, he does not even pay that amount of attention. He is not even perceptive enough to see that today she is looking down. She is looking depressed today. Today she is looking a bit tense and withdrawn. Now very often a person's wife is going through different difficulties. Often she may find it difficult to broach the subject with her husband for whatever reason. Let's take a hypothetical example. Let's say her mother-in-law is giving her grief. It's not easy for her to tell her husband, your mother is giving me a headache. Because the husband may become defensive, he may not take it well. But if the husband is perceptive, he will pick up that she's tense, she's unhappy, and it's generally when we are going to my mother's place. Now for him to address the situation in a diplomatic manner, keeping everybody happy, is often within his control. He can limit the damage, he can do something about it. But for all this to happen, he must first open his eyes and be able to see my wife is an unhappy wife. If a husband is such a husband where he comes home, he's just worried my food must be on time, he eats his food, then he sits with his phone, he goes to bed to sleep, he doesn't even look at his wife, he doesn't even speak to her. He cannot even be attentive enough to worry what's going on in her life. Then what type of husband is this? This is more like a customer coming to the restaurant to eat, then he's going to the hotel to sleep. This is not a husband. Sometimes the husband comes home, he's so tired. He's more like a janaza in that house. He's not a means of any happiness and comfort to that wife. Whereas we find Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so perceptive and attentive. That is why on one occasion he mentioned to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, Inni la'a'lam idha kunti anni radiya wa idha kunti alayya ghazba. He said, oh Aisha, I always know when you are pleased with me and when you are displeased with me. Now obviously this is a husband and wife relationship. And in the relationship between the husband and wife, certain things are overlooked. Being the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there was a little bit of leeway that sometimes something could happen and obviously on both sides there could be a bit of unhappiness here, unhappiness there. But Rasulullah always overlooked it. So as Aisha radiallahu anha asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
That, O Nabi of Allah, how do you know? How do you work out when I am unhappy and when I'm happy? He said, when you are happy with me and you take a qasam, you'll say, La wa Rabbi Muhammad. You'll take a qasam saying, I take an oath by the Rabb of Muhammad. But when you are displeased, then you won't say, La wa Rabbi Muhammad. You'll say, La wa Rabbi Ibrahim. I take an oath by the Rabb of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam could read between the lines. He could immediately pick up. Sometimes we make a remark without thinking twice. It's an inconsiderate remark and we don't even think twice about it. We'll say something, we'll walk out of the house. That poor woman, her heart was broken, she's burning and we don't even realize what we have done. Now we come home later on and she's withdrawn and she's unhappy and she's depressed and we think what's wrong with this woman? Why she's carrying on like this for herself? We don't realize that we caused that heartache. We were the cause for that. But nevertheless, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha then tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ma ahjuru illa smak, that O Nabi of Allah, even when I'm a little bit unhappy, and I don't mention your name in an oath, I mention the name of Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, that is the extent, that's as far as it goes. In other words, my displeasure only goes that far that I'll use the name of Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam instead of your name. As far as my heart is concerned, I still have complete love for you. That is one. Then when a man comes into the home, how does he conduct in that home? We must understand that in today's times, the average working class person will leave home at half past seven, eight o'clock, maybe even earlier. And then he's working the entire day, he's only returning home in the evening Maghrib time. All his energy is gone and depleted. He's now tired. He's now exhausted. He's coming home, he can only think, I want my tea and I want my roti. I want my hot meal and I want to put my feet up and relax. Sometimes he's coming home, He's had a long day, he's had a hard day. Maybe the boss gave him a hard time. Maybe customers were giving him a hard time. Maybe he was waiting for people and they never came on time, it irritated him. Maybe he had an altercation with somebody in the masjid. Anything can happen. But remember when you go home and it was raining and muddy outside and now you've got mud on your shoes. No sensible husband will walk through that home with those muddy shoes. He'll understand the mud outside the house belongs outside the house. He'll either clean his shoes and walk in, or he'll leave his dirty shoes at the door and walk in and wear a different shoe. In the same way, all the grief and all the difficulty and all the headache people give us out of the home, it's not fair on our wife and children that we bring all that grief and all that headache into the home and lump it on them. So when a person walks into the home in the evening, it's a conscious mindset adjustment that has to take place. He has to tell himself that whatever happened now, I'm leaving it behind. I'm walking in with a smile on my face. Let me forget everything. And this is a very, very great ibadat that should never be underestimated. Rasulullah said, do not regard any good deed to be trivial and insignificant, even if it is to meet a person with a smiling countenance. So that Aisha radiallahu anha was once asked, describe the Mubarak conduct of Rasulullah in the home. What did she say? She said, Kana nas wa akraman nas. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most gentle of people. Soft-spoken, gentle, soft in his approach. He was not a raging tyrant who was on a rampage through the home, smashing left, right and center, taking off with this person, giving this person a piece of his temper, giving this person a piece of his mind. As my respected Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Ilyas Patel, Damat Barakatu mentions, he says, you get some people who give everybody a piece of their mind. You wonder afterwards how many pieces they got left for themselves. Maybe there's no mind left after that also. So we can't be like this. 
Then she says, Kana rajulam min rijalikum. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Imam of mankind, the greatest and pinnacle of Allah's creation. But such was his humility in the home, he was like a normal person. She said, Illa annahu kana dahakan basama. She said, but one outstanding trait and quality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, despite the bird, the, the, the responsibility he had of conveying deen to entire mankind, despite whatever he had to deal with in society, which was not easy, she said he was always smiling and always cheerful. What a source of happiness to everybody in that home. When a man comes into the home with a cheerful countenance, smiling, he's light-hearted. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, being the imam of mankind, but such was his humility, he did not expect that everybody must bow and scrape to me. It was not beyond him to make his own khidmat, or even further to make the khidmat of his own family. So that Aisha radiallahu anha in another hadith mentions, she was asked, how is Rasulullah sallam in his home? She said, kana yakunu fi mahnati ahli. Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would engage himself in the khidmat of his family. In other words, he would take out time for his family. Today we're so busy, so I got no time, I'm busy. But a person takes out time for what he regards to be important. We take out time for work, we take out time. What about taking out time for the family? So Rasulullah took out time for the family. Everybody needs their allotted time. Otherwise we are doing one down at the expense of the other. And then she says, فَإِذَا حَضَرَتِ where as soon as the time of salah would come, then kharaja ila salah, Rasulullah would leave for the masjid. In other words, he had his time for home and he had his time for Allah also. There's two extremes. A person says, no, I need to be at home all the time, you don't go masjid. Another extreme, only want to go masjid, take out no time for the family. It is important for a person to have this balance in life. Then showing affection. We look at the blessed example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha mentions. And mealtime is a time when a person can really bond with the wife and the family. Today's lifestyle, the husband comes home, the wife's in bed, the food's in a microwave, he's eating his own meal, everybody eats their own meal at their own time. Sometimes you don't blame the wife when the husband's coming home at 10 o'clock in the night. It can be difficult for her. So the husband needs to be considerate and be on time as well. If he's not on time, unforeseen circumstances, at least inform that I'm going to be late today. Sometimes that wife prepares a special meal She's expecting her husband at a certain time. She's sitting, she's waiting, she's waiting. He's not coming, he doesn't even tell her what's happening. Sometimes she's scared to phone because the husband will get irritated. What you phoning me all the time? Is this how a husband should be? That his own wife is afraid to phone him and speak to him. So the Aisha radiallahu mentions that we would be eating from one utensil and the bone would meat would be there. I would pick it up and bite from it. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would pick up that same bone with meat, eat from the same bone, but not only that. Rasulullah would make a deliberate point of placing his Mubarak mouth on the same place where she had eaten. And the same thing with the utensil as well. When they would drink from a utensil, Rasulullah could drink from any side of the utensil. But he would make a point of drinking from the same side where Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha had drunk. This was how much of love and affection they showed. This may look like a small thing, but often it's the small things that count. Let us just think. If we are a husband who goes to work every day and our wife packs us a lunch, every day it's a sandwich. Now one day you go to work and you open your lunch tin and you find not only your usual sandwich, your Albany special, but there's a cupcake and it's got a ribbon around it. Can anybody say they will not be touched and affected? Obviously the heart will melt. He'll say, hey, my wife went the extra mile today. She packed a small gift for me. It is these small things that create that muhabbat in the marriage. Now why can a husband not do the same? 
We're not saying the husband must go start baking muffins and cupcakes. But he's stopping on the way home at the petrol station to fulfill. He can go in, he can get a small Kit Kat, whatever's within his means, he can go home and give his wife a small hadiah. If you also hide it under the pillow, she'll go to bed, she'll find a surprise. It'll bring cheer to her life, it'll bring happiness to her heart. But this requires consideration. We cannot have an attitude, what are they doing for me? Everything is about me. What am I doing for the next person? Then we find Rasulullah had a neighbor who would make a specific type of dish that was very tasty. Once he invites Rasulullah for the meal. Rasulullah we know sometimes a month would pass and the fire would not be lit in the home. Shortage of food. Rasulullah was not so selfish. He had always think of the next person. If I'm going to eat a nice meal, what about my wife, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha? I can go eat, she's hungry at home. He asked this person, what about Aisha? He said, no, she's not invited, only you. Perhaps this person only had that amount of food, so he could not call all the people. He could only have enough for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But Rasulullah did not want to go and leave Aisha radiallahu at home. So on that basis, he declined the dawah. This person also did not feel bad. Second occasion, he gave the invitation. Again, Rasulullah declined because it was only for him, not for Hazrat Aisha radiallahu On the third occasion, when this person invited for both of them, then Rasulullah went. Now we compare that today, where a person leaves his wife at home and he goes with the boys fishing for a weekend, or he goes here and he goes there, and that poor woman is at home. The husband says, I need a break because they're eating my brains at home. Because the husband has left that type of home behind. He is not giving them that time, not making the tarbiyat, not showing that love. Now he wants to run away from the own mess that he has made. What about that woman? If the children are eating your brains, you at work half the day. What about that poor woman? She's going to get a break. We're not saying it's about taking a break. We are saying that the husband should not be so inconsiderate. Final example we find, last incident before we conclude. Once Rasulullah went to bed at night, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu went to sleep. And then after some time, she finds Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wakes up as quietly as he can. He puts on his shawl, he puts on his shoes and he leaves the home. As Aisha radiallahu wonders where is he going and he crosses her mind that maybe though it's her turn, he's going to another wife. So she quietly puts on her burqa and parda and she follows. And as she follows, she sees Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa comes to Jannatul Baqi and he's making dua. And then Rasulullah turns around and she doesn't want to get caught following him, so she turns and she starts going home. And Rasulullah catches sight that there's somebody there. So he runs forward to see who it is and she starts running. She quickly comes into the home and she gets back into the bed. Rasulullah comes in, he says, why are you breathing heavily? Why are you panting? She said, no, nothing happened. He tells her, you can tell me or Allah can tell me. So then she tells him what happened. So Rasulullah comforts her, he consoles her. He says, Do you think that Allah and his Rasul will ever be unjust to you? And when it's your turn, I'll never go anywhere else. And then Rasulullah explained to her, and this is a point for us to show that consideration. He said, you were sleeping, I did not want to wake you up and tell you that I'm going. Because I'll disturb your sleep. And second of all, if I had to wake you up and tell you I'm going, then you'll worry that you are alone in the home at night, something can happen. I did not want you to be worried that you are alone, I'm out of the house in the middle of the night. That is why I left you to sleep. We find sometimes there's a break-in in the neighbor's house, there's a break-in at home. Now the woman naturally is fearful in the home. She says, there's a break-in in the area, neighbor's home was broken into, there was a hijacking here. She's scared at home. She pleads with the husband, please, after the mask, come home quickly, I'm scared. 
Now the husband, he says, no, to hell with you. I'm going with my friends for a braai. I'm going here, I'm going there. And you must just deal with it. Now this poor woman is at home. She can't sleep. She's got anxiety. Why? Because the husband is so selfish. For a few measly chops, he's putting his wife in misery like this. Can he not be considered? This is his own wife. It's a mother of his own children. Can he not show that much of consideration at least? May Allah Ta'ala grant us tawfiq. There's so much more that can be spoken in the Mubarak life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are not even fit to speak of it. But Allah Ta'ala must at least give us a fraction of the consideration of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and make us good husbands to our wives. Wa akhru da'amana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an Muhammadar Rasulullah. أشهد أن محمد الرسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا الحمد لله الحمد لله القائل والذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات اولئك اصحاب الجنه هم فيها خالدون فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ما بعد فيا ايها الناس اوصيكم نفسي بتقوى الله والعطف على نسائكم فقد قال تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد وعاشروهن بالمعروف فان كرهتموهن فاسا ان تكره شيئا ويجعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خيركم خيركم لاهله وانا خيركم لاهلي او كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول بقوله يهتدي المهتدون واذا قرئ القران فاستمعوا له وانصتوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله لنا في القران العظيم ونفعنا بما فيه من الايات والذكر الحكيم اقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه انه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعه من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد من يعصهما فانه لا يضر الا نفسه ولا يضر 
الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأستقهم حياء عثمان وقضاهم عني وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي من أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله هيا على الصلاة هيا على الصلاة هيا على الفلاة هيا على الفلاة ودقامت الصلاة قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن فعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكر وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبن كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وليك يرجع الأمر كله اللهم لا أحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك لك الحمد يا ربنا كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك عظيم سلطانك اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد بارك وسلم اللهم أنت سلام منك سلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إن على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا لمتقين إماما اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم ارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرام رامك وأخنا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجل آخرة آخير ملك من أولى وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا رب الرحيم